I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake from the History of Bad Ideas. And we'll get back to your regularly scheduled program here in just a second, geek listeners. But we do a weekly podcast called The History of Bad Ideas. Yeah, well, we'll discuss things like television or movies or music or games or any other thing that falls into our geek-related uh, podcast knowledge. You can find us on uh, Geek Life Radio Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, or Radio-Blitz, Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, or you can listen to us whenever the hell you want on iTunes and Stitcher. Check us out. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, this is professional cool person Kate Bresnahan, and you're listening to Adrian Has Issues. everybody welcome to adrian has issues i'm adrian the following podcast was recorded on location at Eastside mags in montclair new jersey this marks the second podcast recorded at the comic book shop the first time i recorded there i interviewed the store's owner jeff beck back in episode 9 which was titled somewhere on south fullerton Eastside mags is a great store as it's all about community matter of fact on several occasions, the store hosts movie screenings, and instead of charging a monetary fee for the store, all Jeff requires is attendees bring in food, which is then donated to a local food pantry. So speaking of community, many of the signings feature local artists and writers. Today's guest is Joe Caramagna, an Eisner and Harvey Award-nominated letterer who's worked on some titles such as Daredevil, Captain America, and New Avengers, as well as two creator-owned titles, which he wrote entitled The Further Travels of Wyatt Earp and Model Operandi. Fellow Jersey-based writer and artist Stephen Coughlin also steps in for a few quick comments here and there between doing sketches for kids, which is kind of funny considering that there are several occasions where Joe and I will go into a bit, which unfortunately we didn't have to realize that we sort of have to stop considering the fact that there's usually a kid standing directly in front of us. <laughs> Steven is the creator of a really cool title called Sanctuary for Slave Labor Graphics. My conversation with Joe was as random as it is hilarious. We talk about his background in comics as a graduate of the Kubert School and his starting out as an intern with Marvel Comics. And this is Adrian Has Issues, so 9 to 10 times there's going to be some hockey discussion thrown in. So Joe is a huge hockey fan, so we get into some banter and we riff on things like the Minnesota Wild logo, defunct teams, and basically how Joe's comic career kind of mirrors that of Martin Brodeur. One thing you must know about Joe, though, he is what I like to consider a donut aficionado. During the interview, a store regular and a fan of Joe stops in and brings Joe some eats from a local shop called Java Love. In the bag is what's considered a Monut, which is a hybrid of a muffin and a donut. And I swear to God, this thing was a revelation. Seriously, like one bite in my whole world opened up. We spend a good chunk of the show discussing the wonder that is the Mona. Shout out to Javalov, by the way, for bringing in the Mona. And if you're also in the Montclair area, do yourself a favor, check them out. 
Thanks to Joe and Steven for taking time out to chat with me, and huge thanks to Jeff for allowing me to stop by his shop for a little bit and basically pester his guests for about an hour. And if you're in the Montclair area, please do yourself a favor. Check out Eastside Mags, and also check out eastsidemags.com. As for the rest of you, I really hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do, subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a rating and review. Doing so really helps the show out tremendously in reaching new listeners. I'm also available on Stitcher, Google Music, and the Satchel Player. And Adrian Has Issues is a proud member of the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Check them out at tangentboundnetwork.com. Without further ado, here's my interview with Joe Caramagna, already in progress. Hello, Adrian. <laughs> oh, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> so this, yeah, like, I don't this even... is Joe. Hi, Adrian. This is Joe. <laughs> Hi, Joe. How's it going? <laughs> so we were just uh, talking about the um, Minnesota Wild because we're not sure what their yes. logo is. Because oh, you know what it looks like? It's Winnie the Pooh. Is it Winnie about... the Pooh? Yeah. I always thought of it like those, you know, those Star Wars posters where it's like that superimposed silhouette of like a Star Wars character, and then inside the image, it's like a picture of like Endor or something. Yes, yeah, like, like they're thinking Pooh. about Endor. Yes, it looks like Endor on the Minnesota Wild. It looks like a poster that never existed. So as a kind of a gag gift and sort of just a nice little gesture, um, a friend of mine, Ashley, um, she actually got me a Minnesota Wild shirt. I was like, this is the greatest thing. And I was going to wear it today, but then I realized you were going to be here. And I didn't (laughs) want to start off on that wrong. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. Uh, I'm a supporter of all things hockey. It doesn't matter. Okay, so you're not like necessarily diehard. No, I am diehard. Believe me. Oh, push comes to shove. And it's the devils in the Minnesota wild left standing. I would push the Minnesota wild in front of a moving bus. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, I'm a hockey fan also. I'll watch any game. Doesn't matter. Like, I'm not just a devils fan. Like I'll watch any game that's on. What was I watching last night? Chicago and Winnipeg. Oh man. That's like, who was I watching the other night? It was, um, I think it was the Islanders and, um, was it Columbus? I don't know. It was Rangers and, I don't remember. I'm not watching the Rangers game, but it's weird. You're middle of Long Island. It's Islanders country, and yet everybody you go to, it's always like a two-to-one ratio to TV, so it's always two Rangers, one Islanders. What? In Long Island? In Long Island. I kid you not. Is this new because they moved to Brooklyn, or has it always been this way? I don't know. I feel like they're kind of like- It probably has always been that way. <laughs> maybe, but it just seems very angry now, because I'm like, I know they probably didn't want to make that move, but because every time I get under train, there's always like those two- Solid fans are just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah. we used to just be able to go to Nassau and be fine. I know. That's so sad because I looked into going to some Islander games and I'm like, it takes so long to get there. Who would want to go? <laughs> it, does, it doesn't make sense. Oh, you're not going to go to the house that Jay-Z built to go watch the Islanders? <laughs> no, the house that Jay-Z built. <laughs> I like that. Nice. Oh, man. So we should probably get into some of your comics work. No, we don't have to. I prefer talking about hockey. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much more comfortable talking about the island. He's like, I don't even like doing comics. Are you kidding me? <laughs> How about that John Tavares? Oh, man. You see, people are always like, oh, he's like the third best player in the league. I think he's a little overrated. What do you think? Considering how many jerseys I just saw on the way in. Yeah, but those <laughs> they're Islander fans. I know, but still. <laughs> they're not going to be wearing Ovechkin jerseys. That'd be worse than right home about. Yeah, that would make more sense. I'd rather wear an Ovechkin jersey. I don't know. Who's better, Jamie Ben or John Tavares? Come on, be honest. It's Jamie Ben. John Tavares is overrated. Well, can I just right? be a bandwagon? Like Tavares is the greatest. Yeah. Oh, I can't really curse here, but <laughs> you can. Go ahead. She's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> you are the worst. <laughs> 
It's like, let's talk about comics. Comics suck. Like, sure, I don't want curse. Right. Like, yeah, curse for these children. I don't mind. If we have to talk about comics. Well, I want to throw a little bit of it in. Right now, the book is Ultimate Spider-Man Contest of Champions. Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors Contest of Champions. Issue number one. I'm holding it in my hand. And which is great because nobody can see this because this is all audio. Yeah. I know. See, I didn't even really have to pick this up. I could have just said I'm holding it in my hand, but I was actually holding it in my hand. No, but the authenticity. It's theater of the mind. You have to set this home for people. Yeah, but theater of the mind that means I wouldn't have had to pick it up at all. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm trying to sell them here, all right? I can't believe we're doing this interview in a subway tunnel. It's oh, this and you can't even hear any echo. Or trains going by. It's None amazing. whatsoever. We found a really secluded spot. <laughs> yeah, because I zapped you with my taser slash recorder and pulled you off to the side. Like, hey, wake up, do the show. <laughs> that is the scariest looking recorder I think I've ever seen. Yeah, prior to starting, we were talking about the fact that my recorder is pretty much a taser that records audio. And it looks like a Ghostbusters ghost trap. That I feel like I'm going to slide it under Steven over there and step on the pedal. <laughs> and Steven's probably at this point, it's like, he, I don't want to talk to either of these guys right now. <laughs> Steven's like, why would anyone want to interview this idiot? <laughs> 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 He's over here making this really awesome sketch, by the way, and we're just ruining the entire experience for him. I know, we're scaring this child. I feel bad. At this point, though, you're pretty much like a jack-of-all-trades in comics. I mean, you pencil, you ink, you letter, you write. That's pretty awesome. Was that always kind of the idea going in? Well, way back when I was a wee little lad, I wanted to be a penciler. Uh, I guess like everybody, because the uh, pencilers are like the rock stars. Well, I guess nowadays people would say the writers are the are the rock stars, yeah, but yeah. to me, there's the pencilers are still the rock stars. But I mean, <laughs> nice. regardless of how they promote it, but uh, yeah, I wanted to be a penciler when I was a kid, and uh, I even went to the Kubert School, and I not went to the Kubert, I graduated from the Kubert School. Awesome. And um, never never really had the ability to, I guess, draw something I was happy with in a timely fashion like <laughs> right. it, it would take me forever to draw something that i was happy with and it was just a disaster of eraser marks and everything all over the paper so it never really worked out but i also you know all growing up i used to write my own stories and stuff uh, junior high i used to write short stories and i started a whole bunch of novels that i never finished so i know what that's like <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's not like i never had any interest in writing at all it was just that uh you know while i was at the Kubert school i would write my own assignments to give myself something to draw. Right. Yeah, you know, we always had the option of choosing what we wanted to draw. Like, our, they would give us a basic thing, like, I need a three-page chase scene. And we're like, okay, and we'll go off and draw it. Like, I would take it very seriously where I would actually type out a script and nice. take that part of it very seriously. So, to me, like, I was still writing and, and flexing that muscle and wanting to be a writer even though it wasn't really in the front of my mind. It was kind of like the back of my mind. I was concentrating on trying to be a better artist all the while, accidentally, I was becoming a better writer because I was learning storytelling and comic book storytelling from Joe Kubert and guys like that. So I guess going to the Kubert School and learning to be an artist, a narrative artist, made me a much better writer without me knowing it. And so when I realized that I didn't have much of a future in this business as a penciler... <laughs> that's, oh, that's dark. <laughs> yeah. Well, well no, it was, it's realistic. I... I even knew before I graduated, I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it as a penciler. I figured my foot in the door would be as an inker because I okay. was actually a, a pretty good inker. I don't think I would be anymore because I haven't tried in like, I don't know, nine, ten years. To ink Holy anything. cow. But yeah, I was a pretty good inker. I actually inked my self-published graphic novel, Model Operandi, that my friend Dennis Budd, who was a Kubert School classmate, penciled. Like I wrote it, he penciled it, I inked it. 
he colored it and I lettered it. Like we just switched <laughs> so it like, back like and forth. It was like a tennis volley, just kind of batting the book back and forth. Yeah, we were playing tennis with our graphic novel, so, and that's how we made it. And I, I inked it, and you know, I thought I was a pretty good inker. I thought I that would have been my career in comics. Right. Um, and I guess that also didn't work out because they, a lot of artists started inking themselves, and so there wasn't really that much of a future for new inkers in the industry as far as i saw i don't know how it is i don't there might be some new anchors coming up i don't know but like for me that's the way i saw things going and i'm like great now what am i going to do but like i said all the while i was writing so i was coming up with ideas for books and you know different pitches for marvel characters and i know that i am a letterer but i kind of fell into that accidentally because i internet marvel as a letterer see i i'm saying all this stuff like i want to be a penciler i want to be an inker or a writer <laughs> what happened and then what accidentally happened is i became a letterer because marvel at the time the way the timing worked out is they were starting an in-house lettering program oh. they wanted to get away from using freelancers i don't know if entirely but they wanted to do a lot of their lettering in-house i right. guess it was a money-saving issue or whatever it was i don't know but they were looking for young people to train okay that would eventually work on staff as letterers in their lettering department so i somehow while at the Kubert school ended up on a short list of candidates i don't know how i had no interest in lettering at all it's like a harry potter thing where someone put your name in and like yeah, yeah. you got chosen i think it was high eisman who is still the lettering instructor at the Kubert school uh great guy amazing cartoonist. nice way to be vetted yeah and he he i guess he put me on the list i don't know um oh you haven't figured way. that out to this day no i don't know the, i think he was the one who they asked you know who do you think would be good for it and i somehow ended up there and i interviewed for it and i got the job and i interned there for a couple of years and um much well i don't know if it's too more more than a year definitely i was only supposed to be there for a summer and i okay. stayed for over a year so that's how I like to say it's my work ethic that <laughs> led to that. But that's where I learned how to letter, actually. Right. I, I got the internship based on my hand lettering at the Kubert School, but that's where I learned how to digitally letter was on staff, basically, at Marvel. And cool. I it just went from there. The one common theme I hear a lot in interviewing creators is that basically that consistency and that, that work is what you know gets you noticed. I mean, yeah. honestly, you hope that you do, but yeah, I, there's a time where... You know, especially being on Twitter between you and everybody else, you, even with all the tweeting and everybody's interacting, you're still like just working very hard on what you do. And I think that's really awesome. I don't know where you guys find the time. Like, I just do this podcast at the moment and I'm just like, I, I can't even get this off the ground. <laughs> well, it's there's not enough hours in the day for anything, honestly. Not enough. It's, I'm always swimming upstream, it feels like. You know, there's deadlines and whatever happens to be the next deadline is what I work on next. And it's just constantly, like it never goes away. <laughs> and, like Twitter is something that, not that I make time for, but it's just so easy to, to use. It's like my outlet to like reach out into the, not, I wouldn't even call it the real world, but to reach out <laughs> to where other people are because I'm just yeah. sitting in a room by myself all day long. <laughs> it's like, if you didn't have this, you'd go insane. Yeah, it's kind of like there's a party going on in the next room, right? And I'm and I'm by a window working, and Twitter is kind of like me opening the window and be like, "Hey guys," you know. <laughs> it's just so easy because it's right there. Right. Other stuff 
takes a little more work. Like Facebook takes a little more work, so I don't spend a lot of time there. Considering the fact that you have so few characters, you don't really have this a lot of time to get absorbed. Because like, all right, let me drop these few little nuggets. You know, you hit tweet and then you send it out and see yeah. how it goes. Facebook, unfortunately, I had to think about formatting, and it's like I don't want to do a wall of text. And then of course I have to like hit the hide button because I'm awful like that. <laughs> it's like oh good, another guy I didn't realize was kind of racist. Beep. <laughs> 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 terrible. It's kind of terrible. Maybe I should even say it out loud, though, but it's just kind of like a, oh. Yeah. So Twitter in that regard, a little bit better. No edit button still, but I don't know what that's about. I, th I think that's just their way of kind of keeping us under control. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... Hey, how's it going? <laughs> no, 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 no problem. To our local specialties here in Montclair, a place called Job Love that does Monuts, which are muffin donuts. Wait, hold on. Wait, Monuts? Monuts? So I, I didn't get you the regular Monut. In fact, okay. we got you was my favorite variant, which is the Monutella, which is a cinnamon Monut stuffed with Nutella. Why would you tell me that? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter because the location on Church Street right here is sold out. I bought the last two. So there, there's no oh. more to have. You have to go up to Upper Montclair to get the rest of them. So. Oh, my Thank gosh. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is crazy. Oh, so not only are like, we sitting Thank on like a pile much. of donuts, this... Oh, thank you very much. That I is awesome. How? See now, I, that's what I should have done. I should have sweetened up. I should have showed up with donuts, man. Because <laughs> it's like that's totally your thing. Because was that you that would tweeted the picture of like the stack of donuts? Yeah. Okay. The donut tower. That was for my birthday. My wife got it for me. Yeah. That is awesome. Now you're getting handed donuts. And <laughs> this is not an unusual occurrence that you just witnessed. This happens all the time wherever I go. <laughs> People bring me food. That is candy. amazing. See, you you've officially made it. Like I can say, even if none of my books sell, yeah, I still I show up at a table and I just get handed awesome pastries. Feel the Nutella, no less. If I make no money at a convention, I at least know that I'm going to eat. And believe me, that's important because yeah. I walk the floor and nearly pass out. Like matter of fact, near Comic Con, um, 2015, I decided to show up on a Thursday, packed to the gills for some reason. Never ate anything, and I'm walking around. I'm like talking to creators. Some people I've had on the show. Some others uh -huh. meeting for the first time, and they must have saw it like behind my eyes that like I I was you know they were losing me, and like you okay? Like I haven't eaten. It's like I can't tell you how many times I've been offered a sandwich. <laughs> it's like I felt so bad. So awesome job on the what was that Java Love? Java Love. Java Love. Awesome. Yeah. So we're giving them free plugs now. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Java Love. Um, if you guys are looking for sponsors, um. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty great. So, in addition to your work with Marvel and um, also DC, you also do some creator stuff. I have, yes. Awesome. I've dabbled in the creator-owned stuff. I already mentioned Model Operandi, which was uh, the thing I did before. I really had much of a comics career. It's like the first thing I did. Right. And now... The further travels the wider. I didn't get a chance to read that yet, but uh, I want to oh, give a little bit you. of a... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm walking out of this interview. <laughs> you can't. You're here for another... <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> hour and 15 minutes. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, you can, but I don't think Jeff would appreciate it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll distract him with a donut. Just crawl out the back. <laughs> but if you mind giving a little synopsis of that book. Uh, it's basically... I hate saying it like this, but this is the easiest way to put it. It's okay. like White Earp in his retirement years. It's like uh, later in life, he's trying to move on from his reputation, you know, as as this tough guy, you know, like it's kind of like, and I'm giving you, I realize I'm losing everyone right now, but giving you like the long form thing rather than the quick like no, sound right. about what it is. 
But it was like wider up in his retirement years. It's like he's trying to enter the next phase of his life and he's trying to find his fortune and glory in gold and silver mining. And he travels around the country, just moving from place to place, trying to find his fortune. And every time that there's trouble, they call on him to come and fix it because of his reputation as a lawman. Right. And it's like the Michael Corleone thing where every time he thinks he's out, they pull him back in kind of thing. <laughs> so at any point, he's like, I'm getting tool for this rigs. Yeah, exactly. Rigs. Rigs. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. You have to refashion wider. Tool for this. <laughs> go spin, rigs. <laughs> That's basically what it is. And he's like, I'm too old for this. And they pull him back in. You it's know? the lethal it's- weapon of Western. There you go. There's your elevator pitch. It's like, oh, so from the rigs wider, what is it? It's the lethal weapon of westerns yeah i'm out of practice and giving this this quick uh you know soundbite pitch of what it is but that's basically what it is like his later years <laughs> and he's uh in retirement from he retires from the law and he's trying to find his fortune in gold and silver mining and there's always trouble <laughs> yada yada they call him in some of it is based on all of it is based on actual places where he lived and times really? when he lived yeah awesome uh, it's loosely based on fact, but okay. it is historical fiction. But, for example, the first issue takes place in Idaho in, uh, I forget the year. Jeez, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but the, uh, he actually lived in Idaho during those years, and he actually was uh, the guy that they used to uh, patrol the, the claims. Okay. Like he, was, he was preventing claim jumping and keeping an eye on claim jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> because he himself had a claim there at the time. So that's what the first issue is about. And in real life, a lot of people accused him of jumping other people's claims while he was supposed to be watching out for claim jumpers, but I don't get into that in the issue. Okay, I was um, going to say, that's an interesting dichotomy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he really lived there in Idaho during that time doing what I said he did. But the exact plot of what happens in my story never really happened. I made that up. And uh, in the second issue, it's more based on actual history because it's about the time that White Earp was asked to referee a boxing match. What? Are you really? Yeah. No. It definitely, How does that certain, happen? It was the heavyweight championship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. And uh, see, what happened was that the two contenders for the belt, you know, the, the champ retired as the champ. So the, okay. the championship was vacant. So the two top contenders could not agree on a referee that would be impartial because at that time, boxing wasn't really... 100% legal. Okay, so it's still kind of like bare knuckle brawl every which way but loose kind of stuff yeah, minus the like, orangutan. Yeah, it was like a gambling sport. It wasn't really like a regulated thing. They found out that Wyatt Earp lived in town in San Francisco at the time. And it was the late 1890s. And that was the only person that they could agree on to referee the fight. <laughs> and it goes horribly awry. Uh, you, have to, <laughs> you have to read the issue. But that is very much based on actual history. Now I feel like a jerk for not picking it up earlier. Oh, you're terrible. And the third issue takes place in Alaska in the early 1900s when Man, Wyatt, this guy gets around. Yeah, he actually traveled to Alaska, you know, to look for gold, like everyone else that was in Alaska <laughs> there at the time. <laughs> and he owned the saloon, and that's what the third issue is about. Like I said, based on real places where he lived in real times, but the exact plots are you know, made up. Where can people find this book? Yeah, it's available on Comixology. Uh, you can just search Further Travels of Wide Earp or search my name and you'll find it. Uh, it's cool. also available for the Kindle if you go to Amazon. 
It's cheaper on Comixology, but if you don't have a Comixology account and you're a Kindle user, go mm-hmm. that route. But the Kindle versions do have more content in the back, like a little behind the scenes oh. kind of thing. Yeah, like process stuff. Like you can see the pencils, the thumbnails, things like that. See, I geek out about that kind of stuff because I'm that person who, after watching like a DVD or Blu-ray, I'll sit there for hours watching like the special features. Yeah. So even in like with comics, I always love at the end when they always do like early character sketches and things like that. So that's really cool that you give a little bit extra incentive for that format. Yeah, well, for the Kindle, it's a little different. Like, Comixology, I can price it at 99 cents, and it's fine. But for the Kindle, the pricing is based on the size of the file. Oh. And because it's a full-color comic book yeah i think the minimum price is 299 that was the lowest i can go so i decided to pack it in with extras i'm like hey if they're gonna pay 299 for it (laughs) i'll put as much in as i can no that's a really good idea way to sweeten the pot there like i just packed it with as much as i could before i reached like the next price plateau the lowest i could go was 299 but it's actually very interesting if you're into process you know, behind the scenes of making comics, right. things like that. It's very interesting. So you do get more for your money. You get a lot of value out of it. Excellent. I'm sorry. I've been staring at this bag. It's like, it's like whispering the to me. The bag of donuts. I know. The, I the Monuts. So wait, what was it mo- again? Nuts. It's, it's a muffin and a donut, Monut. <laughs> like, bring me some Monuts. <laughs> <laughs> I knew someone was going to say it. I'm so glad it wasn't me. I'm so glad it was not me. And that's exactly me. how I would order it if I walked into Java Love. Be like, All right, see, there me, you sorry. go. We're going to have to do that. We're going to get a video companion to this where you walk in <laughs> and request that and just see how long it takes before someone actually completes the order. No, we're going to take all this equipment. We're going to walk over. <laughs> oh, I'd be willing to do that. This is all portable. As long as I can find a way to get like this massive cable system. It's a ghost here. trap. It's a ghost trap. Just say what it is. <laughs> it's filled with ghosts. See, now I want it to be a ghost trap. Now you said that. Now I'm going to write the company. Like, Why don't you make ghost traps? Like, because we're in audio, dingus. And with our microphone cords, we're going to cross the streams. Uh, <laughs> we're all Ghostbusters. <laughs> all Ghostbusters all the time. Oh, man. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I feel bad. It's like, okay, so now that I've made you talk about comics, there you go. So you don't feel so bad now, right? No, I hate talking about myself. So that's why I'd rather talk about things like, you know, John Tavares and the Minnesota Wild and things like that. <laughs> I'm much more comfortable talking about that than talking about myself. I'm also a fan of defunct hockey teams. Okay. Go Thrashers. <laughs> oh, well, I thought you were going even older school, like the California Golden Seals or something. Oh, man. With See, their white skates. In their long pants. <laughs> they should bring that back. I still love the fact that there's a New Jersey Angels. Like, that's just perfect to me. <laughs> they should sell those jerseys. Wait, they don't sell those? No. Why? Are they out of their minds? Because that was the April Fool's Day prank. The Devils announced that they're changing their... They're see, going I in a new direction. Oh, see, when I saw it, I honestly thought it was like some new minor league team that like popped up or something. No, because it's a beautiful jersey. But it's fake. <laughs> oh, see, this is why I hate April Fool's because there's been some really... Not funny things like the the Gmail with like the the mic drop. But supposedly they were putting minion gifts in people's emails. What? Where like I guess after you sent an email, like there was this gift that would just pop up of like a minion like dropping a microphone. But then people are complaining because like people were sending like either sad or like serious tweets. I'm and sorry then, that your dog died. Yeah. And then a minion will walk out <laughs> and drop a microphone. Drop a, mic- <laughs> a minion. Dressed in a dog suit. It's like, sorry, both of your parents died in a horrible crash. Minion mic drop. 
<laughs> but no, but that one was really cool. And the thing is, I didn't really do much research on it, but I honestly thought like it was like some new team that started up. It's a cool logo. It's a, it's a really cool logo. Jersey. They should sell those at the arena. I think if they get enough response, they might have to. They probably will. Everyone that I talked to about it yesterday on Twitter was like, can you buy those jerseys? I'm like, no, I don't think you can. <laughs> it's completely made up. And that's the other half of April Fool's jokes online where it's like they announce something that's so cool and you're really upset they don't have it. Yeah. Why did you break my heart like that? First, you're getting handed donuts that I probably can't eat. Now you're telling me about cool jerseys that I <laughs> the can't New buy. The New Jersey Angels do not exist. I know. I almost said something else, but there's a child here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm having ruined, that. <laughs> ruined the child's life. <laughs> but the New Jersey Angels <laughs> do not exist. <laughs> there's no Santa Claus or Easter Bunny. Everything. <laughs> Okay, because we're trying hard. Not to- I'm not sharing my monuts with you now. That's okay. I wasn't expecting to share any That was you. terrible. Now my kids can't listen to this. I don't think you have a problem with being terrible. <laughs> I've read your tweets. <laughs> and I have a printout right here. No, I don't. I have a, excuse me, but I have a printout of all your most controversial <laughs> tweets. <laughs> Wait, what is this? Well, the moon landing is the least incendiary of them. Easy, Chris Matthews, trying to sabotage me in front of a live audience. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, this is a sting the whole time. It's Glorian again with the podcast. He thought Brian, I was gonna... what's your position on it? Uh, 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 so, what is your position on that? Should baby? women be punished for having abortions, yes or no? Answer the question, yes or no? Oh, uh, I haven't really had time to answer the question, yes or no? Well, see, I would do like the geek version of that, like Batman, Superman, yes or no? <laughs> Um, oh god! No, is that a yes or no question? <laughs> I guess I don't know. Are you team Batman? Or are you team Superman? Or are you team Iron Man? Or are you team Cap? I am team Cap all the way. Yeah. See, I, I this is why you're cool. I actually hope Cap runs for president. I know he's a fictional character, but it's funny you should say that. He's, he's done that. Before. Isn't Donald Trump also a fictional character? Yeah. <laughs> the sad part is though, no one ever wants to see supervillains be brought in real life. Yeah, I know. It's he's like the caricature of Lex Luthor. You yeah, know? this is he's like the, Gene Hackman level Lex, Lex Luthor. Luthor. <laughs> he is when Lex Luthor ran for president. <laughs> Do At you least, remember that? <laughs> oh yeah, that was what was that? This um, was that the cartoon or was that one of the movies? It was in the comics, wasn't it? Jeff, Jeff, help when us out did here. Lex Luthor run for president? That happened, right? In the yes, comics, 2000. in two thousand. Yeah, Captain America in Well, actually, didn't they try to draft him into the? Uh, then they want him to run, and yeah, he was like, no. Yeah, Loki for president. I guess that's a weird commentary on our politicians and whatnot. It's the ultimate hold your nose and vote, you know? <laughs> I mean, if Cap ran, that's an obvious. Howard the Duck ran in 76. How many comic book characters ran for president? That's well, good... it depends. Did anybody read um, the Ultimates? Like the most, not the most recent. It was the one Hickman started. That was a run that was so stupid, it was amazing. It was totally oh, yeah, worth yeah. reading. It's dumb as you can imagine, but it's written by very smart people. It was fantastic. None so. of the views expressed <laughs> on this podcast reflect. <laughs> but it was really cool because it was like of Joe Caramagna like in half any the way. country was under like militia rule, and Captain America basically gets dropped in. He starts like punching all these militias in the face because they're taking over parts of the U.S. And everybody's like, "Oh, this is so cool!" So it's like, "How great would it be if Cap ran for president?" So they all that's start the writing, though, right? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't that's make believe. <laughs> 
like, are you? T-? I was like, at first, I was like, I know it's not regular universe, but I was like, it's, take care. Bye. Thank you. It's, uh, oh, yeah, that, that never really happened. That was like the Wizard of Oz. I know, so stick, to, stick to the facts here. That's the Wizard of Oz world. That's so the question Oz. is, That's the land of Oz. <laughs> if Trump is our uh, Lex Luthor, then who's the Superman then? I don't know, but you know, it's so sad that Superman can't run for president because he wasn't born. <laughs> in the <United> States. <laughs> it, that's that's a sad because what's more American than Superman, right? Well, like, and it, yet he can't be our president. Well, that's like that running joke where like um, everybody was saying that like Batman and like did a new movie was kind of like Trump because it's like he clearly hates immigrants and like the minute he shows up on the scene, he immediately needs them eradicated i was like oh wow now i can't see that again like throughout that prism like that's kind of messed up i was sure that's what lex luther was gonna do in the batman vs superman movie i was positive that he was gonna ask for superman's birth, birth certificate <laughs> oh. so wait that was lex luther i thought that was johnny depp's willy wonka i thought it was like jim carrey's riddler <laughs> What the- I didn't see the movie. I'm sorry. I'm just being mean for no reason. Nothing against Jesse Eisenberg, whose work I loved in The Social Network. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were going to pull and that I also in. love Facebook, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com. Facebook.com. You can find me there. Slash uh, Joe Caramagna. Talking guess- to my family about politics. <laughs> oh man but before we completely derail this uh it was derailed from the beginning well yeah because <laughs> we it's like derailed. no because it's like we started talking about the minnesota wild like i have yeah. to put this on because i um i feel like there's a few people who would really appreciate that yeah see it's the going back to the logo it's winnie the pooh thinking about um where does he live the hundred acre woods <laughs> the hundred acre woods <laughs> that's what the logo is <laughs> it's um, oh, that's right. We were talking about defunct sports teams. Yeah, I used to have the best T-shirt and hat combo ever back when the Minnesota Moose existed. Do you remember Minnesota Moose, the hockey team? Yes. Now, wait, then they became the Manitoba Moose, but I don't think they exist anymore. They moved from, I don't know if they moved or if Manitoba just took over. I'm wasting the whole battery on this thing. I'm going for no, it. No, I just wanted to double check. I'm, run, I'm killing this battery. We're doing it. We're doing it, Adrian. <laughs> Just run it down. <laughs> Yo, Adrian, we did it. Wait, we killed the bug. We killed, we killed the ghost trap battery pack. <laughs> the proton pack. Oh, man. But the New Haven Nighthawk. New Haven. I grew up in New Haven, Connecticut. That's a lie. You are from, you're from California. I just moved here from California, but I grew up in Connecticut. Wait, hold on. You moved you have a complicated from California past, to New Jersey. That never happens. People usually like make an exodus out of here. I grew up in Connecticut when I was 18. I got accepted to Ringling School of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida. I lived there for four years, and then I moved back to Connecticut, and I went to Pear College of Art for four years. You have a more complicated past than Wolverine. And then I lived in Boston for nine years, and then California for six, and now New Jersey for a year and a half. New Jersey is the best, though, right? Oh, it's always, all it's absolutely. Places. I mean, you get Monuts here. <laughs> See Monuts. That? Where can you get your Monuts? <laughs> Oh boy! But there That's you better go. Better than ordering D's. New Haven Nighthawks was the big team. There was really New Haven Coliseum, which is closed down now. What year was that? Was were the Hartford Whalers still in existence? They back? were Hartford Whalers. Go Whalers! And the whale. No respect those Whalers. They had, they had some pretty good players go through there. Yeah, and I've seen people still rock the jersey, and you can I have tell. A shirt. I have a Gordy Howe Whalers T-shirt that I wear proudly. I can't think of Gordy Howe without thinking of the Simpsons. 
What? I don't watch The Simpsons. <gasps> Gordy Howe is on The Simpsons? Oh my gosh. Now you, my heart really breaks. Oh, there was an episode <laughs> where basically Bart was a uh, pretend, like made up a um, an admirer for his teacher, and basically it was a photo of Gordy Howe. <laughs> and what, did, what was his name? I think his name was Woodrow. So at the end of the episode, as they're leaving, like they focus on a picture of Gordy Howe, they, they pose the stats right before the credits roll. <laughs> it was pretty incredible. Yeah, I don't know much about The Simpsons. I do remember when they had um, that baseball episode where all the baseball players, uh, Daryl Strawberry was there, I remember. And they had, you know, that baseball song, um, you know, the baseball song. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great song. No, what's the one? We're talking baseball, something and something. <laughs> something about something and something and something else. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bases and running around. Oh, do you actually know the words than, of that? That voice was worse than mine. Made that up. Oh, that sounded like official. Like, oh man, he's about to school me on that because I don't know the words and I remember kind of the lyrics from the Simpsons one, but not quite. Is that song about Pedro Serrano sacrificing a live chicken? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> and Willie Mays Hayes. It's all the, it talks about all the best players of all time. And <laughs> <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> oh, this? That is one of my favorite movies of all time. Wild Thing. Oh, Major League is an amazing movie. Wild Thing. You make my butt stink. <laughs> <laughs> the great Randy Quaid. I almost oh. said rest in peace, but he's very much alive and no, he's, on the no, run in Canada no, or something. He's, his <laughs> he's body is alive, but his mind is very dead. He's living in his own beard right now. So I guess I should probably intro the other voice you're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> After completely just going on this great discussion about... Believe it or not, yes, this this mess is going to be broadcast somewhere. <laughs> Hopefully heavily edited. <laughs> um, He's going to take the five seconds we were talking about comics <laughs> and turn it into a podcast. No, that's okay. No, I'm, I'm keeping most of this in because I, I think it's pretty great. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about anything. We talked about Trump. talked about hockey. Hockey logos. Defunct hockey teams. talked about comics. Well, I was going to say the Quebec Nordiques. They might be making a comeback. Yeah, that worked for Winnipeg. I love the Winnipeg Jets. I have no reason to at all, but I do. The Winnipeg fans are like the best fans in hockey with that whole whiteout thing. You know, and they all wear the white clothes. Oh, it's amazing. You don't know what I'm talking about? I don't really Come follow the, the Jets at all. Every fan just wears all white. They show up at the arena and it looks incredible. Mustard and ketchup stains on your t-shirt from yes. eating hot dogs. <laughs> That's at the end of the game. When they first arrive, they they look nice. And then at the end, they look like a Jackson Pollock painting. That's why I hated wearing like my white devil's jersey because I was a kid who wore that everywhere. So, of course, going to the movies with my dad and like giant bucket of popcorn. It's all greasy. Next time I come home, and I was like, what are these yellow splotches on here? My wife was so proud a few months back that she finally got the blood stains out of my devil's jersey. <laughs> Do I want to know? I can't believe I got the blood stains out. Well, I used to play in it all oh, the okay. time. Okay, I was gonna say I thought it was you had a game throwing a chunk of a beer at somebody. No, my friends and I would do like pick up street hockey games and stuff. You know, okay. There's a lot of outdoor street hockey. I guess you would call them rinks, but are they rinks? Yeah, I guess they're still rinks because yeah. they're still rinks. Yeah, there's a lot of outdoor places to play in New Jersey. No, you're looking at me like you never. No, I'm just. Have you ever played street hockey? <laughs> I played street hockey though, but I don't know. I feel I feel like the story was a lot more interesting when it was originally you pitching a beer at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
See, the first world podcasting, when your guest tells you a story, you completely make up another part. No, I play dirty. That's where the story uh, goes. Yeah, and I, I got blood all over see, my jersey. See, that's why you got to wear the red jersey. And my wife got devil's tickets, and she's like, oh, you can't wear that jersey. It's all bloodstained. And I said, I've been wearing this jersey bloodstained for the past 10 years. No, that builds character. <laughs> that's kind of, the, you know, the vibe of the team. It's like when you go, like, at least when um, they used to play at uh, Brendan Byrne or, I guess, Continental. I mean, it was How just, much did you love that arena? I loved I it. I loved that arena so much. It was grossed. Everything was either greasy or stained and smelled awful, the mildew. But yet it was, it was just, just so cold, like a cold place, almost like a mausoleum. Like, there, oh, there's a long line in this story. I didn't realize. And we're just talking about nonsense. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> <laughs> it was a very cold place. It lacked personality, but I loved it because it was just so huge and would hardly ever sell out. <laughs> but the thing is, I feel like there was personality there because it kind of fit the vibe of the team. Very kind of scrappy, kind of underdog, a little, little blue collarish, but not completely. Yeah, nothing flashy. It's like, we're just going to beat you into submission with our defense. That's, I'll never we're forget it. Choke you out. <laughs> 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 we're not going to do any fancy moves. We're just going to choke you out. It's like, we don't skate. We don't pass. We don't, no, we, don't. we just choke. We put our hands around your throats and we choke you out <laughs> until you <laughs> fall to the ground. I've seen so many dirty, anymore. I've seen so many dirty games there. And it, nine out of 10 times, it was our fault, but it was just so much fun. Like, especially when they used to play the Ducks, because. Rewind to 1994, 95. Of course, D2 was out. Love that movie. <laughs> D2. So I got a Ducks jersey. Okay. My dad used to get tickets from a friend of his at work, and we just go to games. So no one told me that the Ducks were our rivals. So this was like my second game, and I showed up, and I'm getting cursed at and having stuff thrown at me, and getting my new Ducks jacket completely ruined. And yet, every play was a full-scale riot on in the benches, and I loved every minute of it. Really? So I went to a Devils-Ducks game very long time ago. I want to say 1994 also. It wasn't that exciting. <laughs> really? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was just heated that night. Maybe I don't know what it was, but... I sat front row, though. You, know, you ever sit front row, you can't see anything except for what's happening right in front of you when you yeah. go to a hockey game? Yeah, so most of my excitement was like they would play music in between the plays and I would just be like, hey, dancing, banging on the glass whenever <laughs> players skated by. <laughs> I couldn't really focus on the game too much because I couldn't see much of it. Anything that was on the other end of the ice, forget it. A lot of it was like kind of nosebleeds, but we got tickets to a Rangers game, but we got like the far end of bleachers at MSG, like the back, back row. where to Oh, play at MSG? At MSG. Oh no, you're, you're brave, sir. Well, granted, my daddy used to get the tickets, so I'm like, I just like going to see hockey. And granted, if you go that far back, there's a cloud formation, there's birds, you'll see a couple of satellites <laughs> orbiting. Like, you're up pretty high there. Couldn't see anything, but somewhere there's pictures of a little ant with the 99 on his back. Next season, he retires. But next time we got Rangers tickets, right behind the Rangers bench. Oh, nice. I'm like, if he had just stayed on for one more season, I literally could have like knocked him in the back of the head, and he would <laughs> probably would have cursed me out, but I'm like, Wayne Gretzky cursed me out. I think I cried when Gretzky retired. I did cry, too. That was a sad thing. The whole like post-game ceremony, you know, when he kept doing the curtain calls and kept coming back out and skating around, I had it on VHS. I watched it, <laughs> rewatched it so many times. It lasted longer than the game did, I think. <laughs> probably. I did shed some tears, not going to lie, when Brodor finally packed it up. Yeah. You know what? I granted I was upset though because um, one of my good friends, she's a blues fan. So granted, it was always great to see another devil go over to St. Louis. I feel like we got eased into the Brodor retirement. I I don't want to make the bad comparison to someone with a terminal illness and you kind of watch them fade away. And it's like 
you've been preparing yourself for it because <laughs> you know, it wasn't like it was sudden like he didn't just get injured and, and yeah. retire it was a slow death <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the, the worst part was though it's like I don't know if that's better or worse. In, in a way, it felt like for a while, like he was hanging out to a ledge and like somebody was literally just stepping on his fingers. Like, why won't you let go? Like, just go already. It's like, no, I'm going to hang in there. See, I was happy about that, though. I was glad. I'm like, yeah, you stay for as long as you want to. Because, you know, being in the industry I'm in and yeah. having like the dream job, I can only imagine like if fans are like, Joe, really? You got to retire already. I'd be like, F you. <laughs> it's like, no, look at you. Now you're, you're just hanging out. Getting this donuts, is the best like. job I'm ever gonna have in my life. Yeah, it sucks to be an athlete because it's like you, you know, have to drag me out of here in a body bag. I'm not gonna retire. That could be arranged. Like this is all I've ever wanted to do is to make comics, like for as long as I can remember. Right, but I think it's a different story than athletes, where it's like you know you're over the hill by the time you're like in your 30s. And it happens in comics too. You know, you, some people get where they're at the point where. I guess fans or publishers see certain people as old-fashioned, quote-unquote. You know, right. And uh, their style just doesn't fit anymore. They're still great, you know? And it happens in every everything. It happens in comics, too. So if people were ever like, really? You're hiring Caramagna again? <laughs> like, can't he just pack it up and go do, like, I don't know, whatever old... Um, just do, like, the con circuit, but without putting out any material it's like why don't you just go do the con circuit like the legends tour already and get out of here i'd be like you know what <laughs> shut up and i'm staying for as long as i want as so he handcuffs see... yourself to your table it's like don't you can't make me leave <laughs> but seriously like having what i consider to be like the dream job that i've always wanted for my whole life and being in it like I had so much sympathy for Brodeur and for any athletes when the fans start saying you should retire or pack it up or it's like no. <laughs> I mean it's hard I'm not. I mean I understand that, but it's also hard to watch somebody who clearly like is struggling to perform. And I'm not saying Brodeur necessarily was. No, he but was. I'm trying to be nice here. When he was on the blues, he was, but he still got a shutout. And in one of his last games ever, he got a shutout. And that was pretty But incredible. it was just hard to see him slow down because during his height, he was just amazing, like a machine. And of course, you know, he got a little bit older. You know, he slowed down a little bit, but yeah. he didn't want to tell me he needed to retire, but it's just, he's going to have to at some point. Even yeah, you know, if he you didn't want to see him die out there on the ice, like go to try to like, you know, go for a glove save and he has a heart attack. But you know what? Before people were calling him over the hill before they made it to the cup finals in 2012, if you remember, people were like, Oh, he's slowing down, he's getting old, he's I not the Brodeur he used to be, and yada yada. And like he changed his game a little bit, he even went to smaller pads, which is unheard of in the NHL. Like, everyone they get older, they get slower, they want to move to bigger pads because it covers more net. <laughs> See, that, that's one of my moves. <laughs> He moved to the smaller pads because he changed his style a little bit and the smaller pads accommodated his movements better. And he actually got like second life out of it and he made it, he basically carried the team to the Stanley Cup final in 2012 when he was supposedly over the hill and he almost got another cup win at that age. It was kind of incredible. He it was pretty say, awesome. He, he was 42 when he retired, right? Was he yeah. 42? And that was last year? Was it 43? I think it was 42. So you're talking about 39-year-old goalie in the Stanley Cup Finals, if not 40. Like you said, maybe he was 43. I don't know. A 40-year-old goalie taking his team to the Stanley Cup Finals is pretty amazing. I'm not saying he's not amazing, but again, I love the guy, but it just hurts. No, I think he knew, but you know, 
moving to the smaller pads and changing his style a little bit, like he knew, like he was on his way out, and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna hang on for, I'm gonna do whatever I can to prolong this career. He I knew think he it was just, slowing I down. Think it hurt a little bit, though. Of course, you know, not seeing him just kind of retire to Devils. Then you know, it was that back and forth between him and the organization. Then going to St. Louis, you know, that kind of stung a little bit because I feel like you know they could have treated each other a little bit better during all that. I don't think there was a big problem there. I think the fans make a bigger issue out of it. You than, think so? Yeah, I don't think there was a problem there with Bordeaux and the Devils at all. I think that. The team, people are like, oh, the you know, the team did him dirty, or he did the team dirty. It felt like I that. think they both wanted to move on, but they didn't know how to break it off. You know, it's like a it's like a marriage where it's like <laughs> you both know it's over, but it's like how do you? Who nobody wants to really bring it up. Right. <laughs> not that my marriage is like this. This I'm not speaking from experience, <laughs> not from my own experience. I love you. All right, sorry, I had to take a moment break. That is magical, by the way. Delicious, right? We have oh to thank gosh. that gentleman, Dan, for bringing me Dan some mo nuts. Wait, does he work at Java Love, or is he just a fan of yours? No, he just brought me some Java Love. So if he does happen to listen to this, Dan, thank you so much. Oh, that was magical. Do you know Dan, Jeff? Yeah, the one who brought the the Java Love. Oh, he's a regular. He's a, a, a customer here at Eastside Mags. Thank you, Dan. Oh, my God. That moment was amazing. That was good, right? You want to finish it? You can no, have no, the rest no, 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 no. Trust me. That's, there's that's... a whole other one. Wait, there's a whole other one in there? There's two. He got me two. All right. Then, you were eating then you off mind? the one. Finish it All up. Right, no, totally. Here we go. This is what happens on the podcast. I eat donuts. This is a new thing. It's a monut, sir. Monuts. Oh. Um. Monuts, mo problems. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Stadler and Waldorf for heckling me from the balcony over there. <laughs> <laughs> I, do think, oh, I do believe that is Chris and Jeff. That's totally their thing. Who invited that guy? Oh, Joe, it has been an absolute <laughs> random blast. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Because I'm like, I'm so glad this interview was not as nearly as boring as I probably planned. I told you, as long as we talk about anything other than me, it's going to be terrific. Well, I kind of throw in a little bit of you in a there. A little. I tied in Brodeur's career to my own, which was pretty remarkable. So are we going to go do comics in St. Louis for a while? St. Louis? What? I know. Sorry, I was trying to tie it back in. St. Louis, uh, you know, Wizard World St. Louis is going on right now. So that was a good... Um, you tied it back in the comics. Their comic convention is this weekend, right? In St. Louis, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was on the guest list, um, and then I, I could not attend. But yeah, I was on the guest list briefly, but there was a snafu in the scheduling. Ah, uh, that sucks. Yeah. Well, hang out. You're hanging out in Eastside Mags, Monclair, New Jersey, getting Mo Nuts. See, there's no way to say that without sounding horrible. Oh, Mo Nuts, Mo Problem. <laughs> I was embarrassed by it this time. We were going to take the equipment, we're going to go to Java Love and actually just request that and see how long it takes to either get the Monat or get kicked out. Because, like, oh, congratulations, you're the 800 person who said that on the way in. I was going to say something inappropriate, but good. that's all right. That's all right. I don't think there's children here. Yeah, St. Louis. Uh, you're here at Toasted Ravioli? No. I think it's basically fried ravioli is what we call it here in the Northeast. Yeah. Right? Right, Steve? Yeah. Have you ever had Toasted Ravioli, Steve? I have, yeah. Is it good? Yes. I never had it. It's a crunchy treat for your mouth. Is it now? See, my aunt used to make fried ravioli, but it was more like a dessert. It didn't have like sauce and stuff on it. Toasted ravioli has like tomato sauce. Yeah, but I think they put different cheese. Yeah, they put different stuff in it, right? Yeah, see, my aunt, hers was more like a dessert. It had like sugar in the in the cheese. Interesting. And it had like cinnamon on top. Oh, it's delightful. I yeah, never would have really thought good. to do that. Well, now you know. And now I guess I have to battle. In our next segment, we'll be sharing recipes. Caramagna's fried ravioli. Now I want to have a food truck where I sell fried ravioli. And more nuts. And then you like put them in a little like brown bag with some cinnamon sugar and oh, shake them up. Oh. And then that'll be good stuff. Nice and warm. Yeah. 
Warm All right, well, I'm officially ending this podcast. Now, <laughs> <Warm> I'm, <laughs> now I'm starving. I hate you. But um, I'm going to make you talk about yourself one more time. All right, let's do it. Out. Let's do it. All right. So um, where can the good people find you online? I'm always on Twitter all day, every day when I'm supposed to be working. Uh, no, I am working. But like we said, Twitter is so easy. You know, it's just it's it's there. You just log in, tweet a thing out, and then leave. Right. And then you come back, and there's all these replies. It's like magic. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Joe Caramagna, which is not spelled how it sounds. But no. you can look in your comic books, and there's like a 25% chance that my name is in your one of your Marvel comics. Just pick one up, open it up, and you'll see how my name is spelled. Your name pops up a lot, though, but that is very yeah. awesome that it does, though. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> So does my mortgage company, and so does my wife. They all enjoy that my name pops up in a lot of comics. <laughs> <laughs> and my kids at Christmas time. Hey, guys, like, oh, great, Dad. Here you go. More comics that you're in. Yeah, now I get my comps box, and it's so funny. Uh, you know, like FedEx will be outside, and my son will run to the door, and he'll open it. And he's like, oh, it's just comics. <gasps> And I'm like, what I, was are you like, I about? have no son. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's hoping it's some kind of toy or something from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just comics. I'm like, what do you mean, just comics? It's like these comics pay for the clothes you're wearing. There's gold in them, Nar Hills. Open it up. <laughs> Crack it open. Let's see what I got. <laughs> it's my Marvel comps box. It's got my Star Wars books. Grandfather in there. used to take me to flea markets, and I'd buy like five cents worth of. Yes, I would always like linger at the comics at the flea market. There's a flea market very close to my house where I grew up in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Lovely Elmwood Park. Shout out to my hometown. Um, woo! Yeah, yeah, woo! And uh, yeah, there's a flea market there. And they had this station that would make like fresh donuts, and you could watch the donuts be made. It's kind of like uh, like a lazy river of donuts. Oh, that sounds like the magical. raw the dough would be floating by, and the lazy river of oil. <laughs> See, my face would be like pressed up against like the glass. Mine like, was, Ugh. yeah, it was. And then I would get some comics, and they would take the donuts and they would put them in a little baggie of powdered sugar and shake them up. Trent, everything in your life just comes back to a donut. All the memories you have of your childhood are mostly donut related. Yeah, those are like the landmarks. Remember That's when we roll, went to New York Steve? City for the first time, and you said, "Yes, I had a donut." <laughs> those delicious day. donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Statue of Liberty? I saw a donut, and it was powdered sugar. On that reminds top. me, the Statue of Liberty is where I had the best donut I've ever had. No. When she was holding up that big torch, you could have put a donut on top of that torch; it would have fit perfectly. <laughs> no, but if you notice a trend, everything that I love in my adult life, <laughs> the same exact things that I loved as a child, <laughs> nothing has changed. It all comes full except circle. Except I'm taller and I have less hair on top of my head. <laughs> It's migrated to my chin now as I've gotten older. <laughs> that is awesome. But Joe, thank you so much, man, for hanging out. I Wait, it's it. over? It's only been two, we've only been doing this for like two hours. I thought it was <laughs> <laughs> gonna run a little bit longer. No, that's all right. Yeah, the Krispy Kreme donuts doesn't do like a podcast. You would be perfect for that, right? It'd be on my fifty donuts in fifty states tour that I'm planning. There you go. 
don't know if you travel a lot, but there you go. No, but I threw that out there. If there are any donut shops that want to sponsor my 50 donuts in 50 states, you only have to pay for my travel from one state to the next. You know, I'll eventually make it around back home. Backpack through Europe, just eating donuts and then talking about your travels. Like if Glazed and Infused in Chicago, Illinois wants to sponsor my trip from like, say, Chicago to whatever donut shop in Indiana. We're on Twitter. Can we get like some sort of trending thing going? I follow a bunch of donut shops on Twitter. Let's see. Um, Glazed and Infused is one. Glazed Donuts, which is my hometown donut shop. Not hometown, but you know, that's my donut shop. There is uh, Voodoo Donuts, of course. That's an awesome name. They're in where? Pacific Northwest? Voodoo Donuts? There is uh, that that place in Vermont that I love so much. Um, Help me out. Donut Dilemma. Tony Square Donuts in Connecticut, which is That's awesome. Sad. I can't even name one donut shop. I can only name Java Love because well, they showed up with the donut. Meanwhile, you've got like a whole community. Java Love didn't show up. <laughs> Someone brought Java Love. The point being is that I, I couldn't name like an actual donut shop to save my life. I love donuts. Everywhere I go, I seek out like a local donut shop and I try it. And it it's a great way to live a life, let me tell you. Where's it? Donut shop. Now I'm ruining the. I I feel sad uh, for this donut shop that I can't remember the name of that I went to when I was in Massachusetts. Ah, oh, what's the name of that shop? That was great too. Um, yeah, I'm the, I don't usually do the the Krispy Kreme and the Dunkin' Donuts thing. I mean, I do. But I guess you know, once but, you had like a fresh homemade kind of like specialty donut, it's hard to go back to your regular. Yeah. See, the thing about like Krispy Kreme, I I enjoy Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts, but you can pretty much get those anywhere. Right. And it's always going to be the same. Like if I'm in Massachusetts or if I'm in Florida, if I go to Dunkin' Donuts, it's going to be pretty much the same experience. Right. I like to seek out the places that are like the mom and pop or like the regional thing, you know, like Glazed Donuts has some different locations. So it's not just like one little store, but it's only in my area of New Jersey, you know? So like, I like things like that, that you can't get That's really at home. Cool. Like Tony Square Donuts on when I'm at Terrificon this summer in August, you can come see me at Terrificon at the Mohegan Sun. Stop at Tony Square Donuts and grab a donut because... Tell them Joe sent you and they're like, all right, well... Yeah, tell them, say, Joe, come on, you sent me and your donuts are amazing because they are. That's where I had the Samoa donut based on the Girl Scout cookie. Yeah, I just wait, made please you... Tell me I just made you drop your jaw. Oh, wait, <laughs> please tell me that there's like a line of donuts that are all based off of Girl Scout cookies. Uh, I've had... A Samoa donut at Glazed Donuts in New Jersey, of course. I feel like I've had a Thin Mint one, too. I may have. Okay, here's the plan. I'll somehow... Just, I don't know. We'll have to do, like, I don't know, crowdfunding. We'll have to, like, fund this tour. Yeah, I want to do the 50 Donuts in 50 States tour. I'll go around. We'll raise money for whatever local Ronald McDonald house. There we go. Make it a charity even better. And... Uh, the donut shop just has to pay for my travel from one donut shop to the next and for a place for me to stay for the night. <laughs> and I'll take the and floor. We'll do some kind of signing thing and and we'll raise some money. For- like you laugh though, but this actually sounds like a really good idea. But the only problem is that we've said it out loud. It's like, hopefully it gains ground. But then it's like, I guess your comic schedule might be a little weird. Yeah. And my wife wouldn't be happy about it. Me being traveling across 50 states. I don't think she wants to do that. Or wants but me to do that nuts. and leave the house for that long. But I would love to because it's also been a lifelong dream of mine to drive cross country. I've never done it before. I actually interviewed a guy who, um, shout out to RJ Hunnicky, who drove cross country in the car with no brakes. Interesting. It's a pretty awesome story. That's Keanu Reeves style. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> he did the Keanu Reeves cannonball run. That's impressive. <laughs> oh, man. 
Well, yeah, we better wrap this up. We probably should wrap this up, though, because granted, this idea sounds fantastic, so you might have to get some logistics down. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. I wish I had an agent. If there's anyone who wants to represent me and put this tour together and raise some money for the Ronald McDonald House charities, contact me, please. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do this. That'll do it for Adrian Has Issues, and we'll see you next donut. I'm sorry, next issue. I have issues, too. So I've noticed. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm His Issues. Wait, what? Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm... Wait, wait, that's not right. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm Eileen. Tune in to the Adrian Has Issues podcast. Each week we chat with some great people. Including me from time to time. Comic book creators, comedians. Musicians and actors. Tax collectors, Zamboni drivers. (sighs) Point is, basically anyone willing to sit down for a geeky discussion or two on all things pop culture. Visit AdrianHasIssues.com where you can download and stream every episode. Especially the ones featuring yours truly. Visit Adrian Has Issues on Facebook and Twitter. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave a rating and review and tell me how amazing I am. Us. I mean us. Ah, oh, McKenna, you're way cooler than I am anyway. Aw, oh, thanks, babe. Oh, and Adrian Has Issues is also a proud member of the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Awesome. Nice save, Brodor. <sighs> Visit AdrianHasIssues.com. <laughs>